All right. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. And we haven't gotten canceled yet. Uh, <laughs> back to the Killer Bees podcast. Tommy Barney. And I am joined by... Keelan Blue. Right. We're back. I haven't, like, magically made my podcast partner disappear. So I'm, I'm never so far. Um, a lot has happened since we last talked. Um, a lot, a, a lot. lot, a lot. We had to make a list. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot going on. Um, I, shall we start with the uh, continuing enigma known as Tony Larusa? <laughs> yes, we should. So last time we talked, we. Pretty much the majority of what we talked about was the Tony Larusa hire, and you know the fact that it was a little bit contentious, why it was contentious, um, and that was enough drama in itself. But it seems we have upgraded the drama. In got to put more drama on drama. We do. This is a soap opera. Don't forget about it. <laughs> yeah. So we found out that not only. You know, Tony LaRusso was hired and there was some there was some contention, but also he has some supporters, too. But now we found out that he was arrested for a DUI. And I I'm not remembering when the actual DUI occurred, but the White Sox knew about it throughout the whole hire. And to this day, (laughs) they still haven't made a statement about it. Legend. Well, they did. They did make a statement. It, it was a statement of nothing, but they made yes. a statement. Yes, that was a good point. That was. I mean, anytime you start a statement with, per this person's attorney, it's probably <laughs> not going to go well. But they yeah, that's did a good point. Issue a statement. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then there was a little bit more craziness surrounding that because I think the. Well, the charges were dropped, but then it turns out they were. It was because they were being refiled in another district. So that that created a little stir. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's yeah, even the whole the whole charges being dropped and it being redistricted and all that. I mean, the whole thing just seems strange to me. And totally. The silent confidence that Jerry Reinstorf is displaying really makes me think that he's uh, kind of behind the scenes, pulling the strings and knows that his friend is going to be taken care of. And that's why he really doesn't care about any of these things that are happening. Yeah, Um, it is a little, you know, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but at the same time, I agree. It does seem a little like creepy. It's the White Sox. (laughs) We have to be conspiracy theorists about it. (laughs) Yeah, and, and it is Jerry and it does seem like yeah, the silence and it's just like, oh, it's OK. The whole time it's had been this feeling of like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, like all of you keep your mouth shut. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Which is, you know, it's infuriating. <laughs> um, although I know some people out there, you know, there's a big thing about like, how bad is a DUI? Um, how how much would should we uh, get mad at a person or hold that against them and. I think that's like a there's like so many dimensions to this issue. There are. And, you know, I I think because the other thing that I I see popping up continuously is that they keep likening it to certain players. And so, like, 
I'm not I would never excuse anyone's behavior, but at the same time I think it's one thing when you're talking about a twenty year old that maybe hasn't really lived a full life yet and doesn't know what they're doing compared to a seventy six year old man that this isn't even yeah. his first time having this issue. And for a long time, um, you know, it's been kind of that open secret about Tony LaRusa potentially being, you know, dealing with alcoholism and clearly not getting the help that he needs in that regard. So I think mm-hmm. that it does raise bigger questions because if you're, you know, I'm of the camp of people that don't really think a manager necessarily buys you any wins. I think it's more representative of what you want the organization to be and kind of like your figurehead. Mm-hmm. So I tend to put more of an emphasis on that type of social responsibility. And that's the same reason why I didn't want AJ Hinch to be the manager. And it's the same reason why, you know, given that there had been this whole camaraderie built into the White Sox clubhouse, I was very I thought they should have been a lot more cautious about not screwing that up. Because you had Ricky Renneria, who for all of his faults, the players played the hell out of, you know, they always played for him. They loved him. He was like a father figure for them. And if you take that away, you have to have a damn good reason for it. And I think that the White Sox as an organization beyond Jerry Reinsdorf are still looking for that reason. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. And... It's interesting because what you said about like you're of the camp that you don't uh, necessarily believe the manager is the one who uh, gets the wins. I've seen a lot of people either like anti uh, Tony Larusa or kind of pro Tony Larusa finding that argument to um, use in both cases. So, yeah, I mean, either way with that argument, it's like it would be nice to have somebody who, you know, Although it sounds like he's probably not going to go to jail. It would be interesting <laughs> to have a uh, right. manager, you know, what is he going to do? Like call in plays from jail? Well, you know, they're, they're <laughs> hip hop artists that have released albums from jail. So That's true. Figure out a way to call a game. <laughs> yeah. You're receiving a collect call from Maricopa County Jail. <laughs> I mean, it would be. It would add another interesting dimension to the it year. Would. Absolutely. <laughs> or 2021. Let's carry yeah. this over. <laughs> but yeah, um, um, I agree with we you. We do have happy news. Like yes. Too. Um, yes. There, there was a lot of quality hardware given out to White Sox players this year for their um, valiant efforts of 2020, um, including Woo! your boy Tim Anderson got himself a silver slugger. Alabama man. Yep. Um, and then Jose Abreu and Eloy uh, Jimenez also, or Jimenez also got uh, silver sluggers, respectively. So yes. kudos to all of them and very well deserved. Hell yeah. Uh, Luis Robert didn't win Rookie of the Year, um, which didn't surprise me, but it seemed like a lot of people were confused by that. I was uh, angry for the sake of being angry about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. But he I, did. I mean, he still. Yeah, you can't go on a three-month slump in a four-month season and win Rookie of the Year. Like, yeah. I mean, 
I think the fact that his numbers were still relatively comparable um, says a lot about yeah, how well crazy. he started. Um, but yeah, you, I just didn't think that was going to happen. But he yeah. did win uh, the Gold Glove for um, the American League, which frankly shocked the hell out of me. I mean, yeah. I, I he is already a I would consider a top five defensive outfielder. But I didn't expect him to win a gold glove his rookie year just because that doesn't happen very often. Right. So it was kind of like, even though he didn't get rookie of the year, I mean, I wasn't even expecting that at all. So when I saw that, I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So I mean, definitely well-deserved and I'm sure it will be the first of many for him. But I just, that was, that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Um, and then really the, the, whole emotion of seeing Jose Abreu finally win the AL MVP and just kind of, I don't know if you watched the press conference at all. I did. I, yeah, I had to turn so it adorable. off. I, I could feel myself starting to cry. <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely like, especially this happened after everything else we talked about happened. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was kind of like there's a lot going on. Yeah, it was like a roller coaster of emotion already. And then just to yeah. see him finally you know, and it meant so much to him. Like, absolutely. Was, that's you don't. I feel like you don't see that as often now, especially during these times. So it was just like, damn. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> he's been just like he's been through so much and he went through so much just to get here to find a major league ball club and for things to have just worked out as well as they have on both sides. I mean, it's your, it's kind of the dream scenario. Um, and you know, the white Sox have done a very good job of making sure that the, you know, the players that they bring in are, are taken care of and yeah. providing a good situation for them. Um, socially as you know and and kind of bringing them into the fray so I think when you have a you know somebody that's actually has like AL MVP hardware to go with that it makes yeah. it that much more of a solid case so I, I was super happy for him yeah yeah me too and it is kind of interesting you know during this time with shifting in um a manager and everything he you know it's kind of it's a lot of pressure i'm sure for him but at the mm -hmm. same time he was already acting sort of you know i mean he's still a player so obviously not a manager but they do have kind of a figurehead there and it seems like that's just something to validate him as that in a way um, yeah. especially after ricky has departed yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah that was great and i like you i was like oh my emotions mm -hmm. um he's just a he seems like a really sweet guy yeah and yeah, yeah it's very awesome so yeah super happy about that and and the, for the team you know that's huge Absolutely. it's huge to have a leader so yeah Aww. <laughs> and although we still will continue to question uh, the hiring of the White Sox manager. Um, I, for one, am absolutely psyched for the coaching hires that have happened so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, 
neither one was that much of a surprise. I mean, Miguel Cairo was kind of a surprise because I didn't think that the White Sox would kind of be able to poach him away from the Yankees organization. Mm-hmm. But um, it is both coaches. Um, so it, we're talking about Ethan Katz, who's the new pitching coach. Um, very lengthy connections with, um, you know, uh, with Giolito had a lot of success in San Francisco working with uh, pitchers there. And even though he was an assistant pitching coach, like he was highly regarded as one of the top pitching minds in the league. So that's a really big deal. And then Miguel Cairo, who, you know, I feel like played just like not that long ago because I remember, you know, seeing him in a Cubs uniform, what mm-hmm. feels like only a couple of years ago, but that was early 2000s and that's 20 years ago and I'm old and so on and so <laughs> forth. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, both cases you're talking about guys that have really good leadership qualities. They're on the younger side. So um, I think there will be um, a lot of relatability with the pitchers and with the rest of the players and having that experience and that expertise and bringing that to the table is going to be really interesting to see, especially in contrast to um, Tony Larusa. Yeah. And I agree with you. I was excited um, about both of these as well, because like you said, it's some younger dudes, which will be nice. And then I was wondering too, if we were going to get like another, like hopefully another like Spanish speaking person at least. So the fact we got somebody from Venezuela is like, pretty awesome um so i am excited about that for those guys i'm sure that's nice to have um and then yeah i mean the pitching coach is awesome and i think maybe having uh, well yeah how long was uh what's his bucket the pitching coach oh ethan katz no 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 the guy we just fired i forgot his name i'm brain farting he was like 17 years yeah 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 Cooper, I like in, in some ways it felt like he came with the new ballpark. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean he he had been so deeply ingrained into the White Sox organization, and you know there there were ruminations of him even potentially getting a manager's job at some point with the, with the White Sox, not with another organization. But I mean. It's been said for a few years now that as much as he is sort of beloved by some as a pitching coach, he really doesn't teach anything about like the actual anything beyond the cerebral aspects of pitching. And so when you are in this analytics age and they want you to talk about spin rate and whiff percentage and look, you know, all the mm-hmm. metrics and stuff. He, he's not that guy. Yeah. And, um, that's why I think this is all very interesting because cats and Cairo kind of seem like guys that Han probably would have had in mind mm-hmm. and you're throwing it in the mix with, um, Larusa, who is what nobody wanted outside of Reinsdorf. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure how that's going to balance out because you, it seemed like if you read through all the BS when Renneria was leaving, 
I'm guessing there were some philosophical issues there. And so mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not saying it will happen. I just don't see how you avoid that given that not everybody on in the org is on the same page right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it definitely seems like a very <laughs> weird time. It's like we added an ex- extension wing to the rebuild. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like there's like a crack in the foundation. Now what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, what a, so like I, what do you think is going to happen to the remaining pitching staff or sorry, the coaching staff that we don't know about? Yeah, I, I don't see, um, you know, there, there's debate whether or not like Joe McEwing will be back. Cause I, I know the players absolutely adore him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope that he'd come back. Don't see that necessarily happening. Um, and I think it may end up being, a lot more in the former player um, mold of either, you know, longstanding White Sox um, related guys, um, you know, kind of like what they what they did with Harold Baines and just kind of like, all right, you can be you can be the coach, you can be, you know, this or that. Or I could see them potentially poaching somebody else for the hitting coach job. Mm-hmm. But um you know, at the same time, I know that Minichino is very highly thought of, so I don't know that they would necessarily let him go either without having something in place that, that they're, you know, fully on board with. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Daryl Boston? <laughs> I'm asking for selfish reasons on this because I don't. Is there a Daryl Boston connection that I need to know about? Uh no, just that okay. I love you him. Just enjoy Daryl yeah. Boston. <laughs> I do. Um, I don't think he'll be back, but we <sighs> that doesn't mean that he wouldn't be back in the organization. Because, you know, keep in mind we will have minor league baseball in some capacity this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could very easily see uh, some of these guys being moved around and kind of I, I don't know what the structure is going to look like because they keep talking about, um, you know, killing off so many of these minor league teams that they might need to consolidate staff. Yeah. But um, I could definitely see an opportunity where they might kind of reconfigure and reimagine how the Charlotte team looks versus Birmingham. And then if there's any sort of local minor league team, um, that's close by. They, that might be another way of uh, kind of keeping these guys in house. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> um, so you know, the one other thing that I would be remiss if I didn't talk about because I just am super geeked about it is like I am so so happy that Kim Ng finally got oh, man. a GM job. Hell yeah. Yes, that was exciting. Um, she has a ton of Chicago connections. She went to University of Chicago, uh, started out in the White Sox organization. And I I frankly had been hoping that she would get the GM job in the White Sox org for a while now. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that she was finally able to break through. And I hope that there are many more um women and, and people of color to come, uh, yeah. help fill those, those, um, 
high high rolling uh, jobs, but it was just really cool to see, especially somebody that has been with the White Sox organization for such a long time. And I never really felt like she got the credit that she deserved here. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, a lot of what she did was just so far behind the scenes that I don't think that many people talked about it unless you're, you know, weird like me and just really into White Sox, you know, or culture. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is really big. And then just like, you know, I'm sure you can relate to that. But I know for me, like as a woman, um, it's like, holy shit, like really? And it sucks because it's like, this is hard to believe because that's how like used to be. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't have a place. Um, yeah. And like how hard it is to be taken seriously, which that's the one thing I'm not so much concerned about. But I know like for a lot of my uh, baseball people that are women, it's like that's they know their shit. And they still like aren't taken seriously. Yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, little lady, let me teach you about baseball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's like, dude, like, she knows like, more than I you do. More than you. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> like, I see that all the time. I'm like, are you serious? Like, you're going to go at her with this stuff? Like, good luck. Yeah. So, like, not only dealing with that, and then, you know, also, I, I think I read here, like, she's the first East Asian American general manager. Like, that's a lot packaged in one that she's had to be like, tough as hell so that's badass yeah and Um, i mean to her credit too like she after she left the white Sox organization she was with the yankees and the dodgers as assistant gm so i mean like you're talking about two of the most absolutely dominant franchises in modern baseball history that she was a part of I, that's why I was just always like, okay, somebody's going to hire her eventually, right? I mean, you can't spend more than a decade in just at that level working in those organizations and not know damn near everything that there is to know about running an organization like that. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be exciting to watch. Yeah. Here and see what happens. And I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff pop up this year with women in baseball. So. Yeah, it's super exciting. Um, And just like, again, 2020 has been rough. And I think for me personally, that was something that, and I know a lot of people, it was like, it's a shining light and it's like something to look forward to in the future. So it's not even just like, you know, these awards were great and they're like, yeah. And I feel good about them. But this is something that's like, oh, this is like a new horizon and gives me a lot of like hope. And, And when you see people that are, that you can identify with in some ways. It's like, you know, it teaches you how to handle things. Um, so that's awesome for, you know, anybody, anybody that sees themselves in her and, and wants to be involved with things, you know, it's like now there's a path and somebody's done it and let's get it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's, that's a really good point. Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to give, give her a shout out because I was like super geeked about that. And I remember how excited I was when even, you know, Kenny Williams was hired to be general manager. And even now is one of the few black execs in major league baseball. And, you know, he's been in that position for what, 15, 20 years now. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it, the, it's very stagnant, but you celebrate the wins when you can. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a foot in the door 
And it's like, it's, it's been done obviously. So anybody that has an issue with this, like, look, here's proven things that you're Mm -hmm. wrong if you have an issue with it. So yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's great. Just the representation in general is, is awesome. And, you know, it is a sport that even though it's got like different feelings about it and people say different things about it, as far as like the makeup of players, it's like that representation matters so much. It does. And it's made up of different people. That's just how it is. So people can deal with it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, as I said, there's been there's been a lot going on and, you know, there will be more. Uh, we have the rule five draft coming up and I don't expect there to be any earth shattering news to come from that as far as the White Sox are concerned. But you never know. Um, there have always been um, moves here and there that end up having larger impacts than I think people originally intend. And there have been probably twice as many draft picks or players that have been taken in the rule five draft that ended up coming right back because it didn't work out with the new team. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's, it's interesting conjecture, but I don't think there will be much to discuss there um, until we really officially hit free agency and who knows what that's going to look like now. Um, you know, in light of everything with Tony Larusa, I think probably the potential um, White Sox free agent that was most vocal about everything was Marcus Stroman. Yeah. And he clearly <clears throat> wasn't on board with the direction that the org was going and um, got a nice qualifying offer from the Mets. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not like he didn't. Um, have a good situation to come to, but it was uh, very interesting to see that unfold. And you have, you know, Captain Bauer outage already, yeah. you know, posting YouTube videos about it. And <laughs> I, I know that people don't want it to be a thing. And I know that Jerry Reinsdorf just think it's thinks it's going to go away. But when you're talking about probably the top two free agents kind of talking about this in a public manner. That's not good. And, (laughs) (laughs) and, and you usually don't want to do that. And I guess I still, I come back to this every time, like Jerry Reinsdorf, the reason why he has made so much money is because he doesn't take a lot of risks. Like even when he does things that are stupid, it's usually a risk averse stupidity. It's never, (laughs) there's no reason for me to go out on a limb and do this, but I'm going to. And it's like, this is the type of stuff that given where the White Sox are in their, in their window, they needed to hit again on free agency to make that X to hit that extra gear. Yeah. Because they proved at the trade deadline that they weren't going to trade away all of these assets for, um, you know, a Clevenger or any of these other guys. And I'm not saying that they should have, but it's Mm -hmm. like when you refuse to deal your prospects, you're kind of showing your cards of, okay, I'm not really in a position to do this, but I will bring in talent via free agency or trade in the offseason. Mm hmm. 
the trades aren't going to look that much different. They're going to ask for the same guys that they were asking for at the trade deadline. Yeah. The only thing that's different is that you have the option of free agency now, but all of those free agents are either accepting the qualifying offers or they have already kind of made it seem like, hey, this organization seems to be kind of a shit show. <laughs> I may not want to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I am very interested to see where that goes because you're right. I mean, it's already been like, like you said, Stroman and Bauer were both talking about it. And it's kind of like, oh God, please stop. But also, <laughs> but also I don't blame you. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't blame them at all. And it's like, that's why I really didn't like it when there was just this huge backlash when people were saying Tony LaRusa needs to lose his job because when you he he's the face of the franchise like yeah. that that's just the start and end of it. it it's like and Reinsdorf out of everyone should understand the business of a brand and that that needs to be worth something. And as the brand loses its value, you aren't going to get the return that you could get if you let the brand leave the brand alone or let it grow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, there also is the thought that I think. Now, like, there's definitely the hindsight in this, and I think I expressed it in our last uh, our last podcast that, like, when Ricky Renteria got fired, it was, I was kind of like, okay, but, like, now what? What mm -hmm. are we going to do now? Because this, you know, be careful what you wish for. And now, you know, with Tony LaRusa and people saying, like, oh, he needs to be fired. And don't get me wrong, I, I think what's going on is terrible, but also it's like, okay, if we do that, well, then what? <laughs> You know, like, yeah, I'm sure there, mean, are, there are options, but also it's like, you know, it's a, like cascading effect. It not is. to downplay what happened. You know, it's not a good situation, but there's just like not sometimes it's like what is open? Who could we have? What are we OK with dealing with? What does it say about us as well, a brand I, and team? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the other part of it, too, is that. um that's why I was only encouraged by because I was in the same boat as you. Like, it's like there's no way they're going to fire Renteria because if they fire him, who are they going to hire? And the people that were out there were guys that were like, all right, they have some recent success. But I don't know if you really want those kinds of characters in your clubhouse. And I was under the impression based on what Rick Hahn had said, you know, I knew AJ Hinch was his guy and that's fine. I didn't want him, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I was at least under the impression that they were going to do a thorough search to at least try to identify something that makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't think Ricky Renteria uh, was going to get, fired i thought maybe next year only because like oh they they made it they made it to uh, the playoffs so it's like okay maybe not this year maybe next year i thought don cooper probably would 
Um, yeah, I knew Coop would go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so like when Ricky Retrio was fired, I was like, oh. <laughs> and I hadn't, I personally hadn't even like thought beyond that. But immediately, yeah, I was like, oh no. Um, and I don't know. It'll be really uh, AL. AL Central is really gonna be. <laughs> it will be the place. Yeah, it's like a. I mean, if the AJ, if not hiring AJ Hinch is a mistake, we will we will be the first ones to see that. Um, yes. You know, firsthand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm actually like, in a way, it's kind of like, I don't want to say like watching a car crash because I don't think it'll be that fast, <laughs> but it is kind of like. Oh, I think I made this slow burn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I made this joke on Twitter, but like Ale Central's like, you know, these like Australia became like Australia as we know it today because like that's where the British sent their convicts. So I'm like, that's what Ale Central feels like right now. (laughs) We are. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be interesting for sure. I I think that pretty much sums up this the last couple of weeks in in white Sox baseball um i hope the next time we meet it's not as tedious like you know maybe we can not have like negative things to talk about but only like hey we have new free agents that are shiny and new and and happy and not any more tlr drama yeah i hope so and honestly like in a weird way, I think all of the drama has been like building up and it's like, okay, this is too much. So yeah, totally ready for just positive news and ho- hopefully good news mm-hmm. and getting, getting the team together. And it's like, okay, this has been bad, but let's coalesce and yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, at this, I don't want to jinx it. So let's just, you know, fingers crossed and hope for the best. And, um, you know, maybe we can get Tony Russo away from people for a while. Yeah, that's probably the best play. <laughs> just keep, keep him quiet. Just keep him in a bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Protect him. Protect all of us. Let us know when he's ready to ready to come out and, and play no, not even then just like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good in, point. i want him in a bubble in the dugout like it's just <laughs> like <laughs> does he do you think they've given him a handler i they have to don't they i don't know but i would hope so yeah i think they have to i okay. mean i i would yeah uh me they too that one and i trust him more than tony larusa yeah yeah me too no i think it would be you know keep that under keep that under wraps and yeah (laughs) probably a good idea doubt anybody will listen to this from the white Sox, but make sure you're doing that yeah (laughs) they're probably like i'm gonna kill you (laughs) it'll be okay yeah (laughs) we love you okay all right well that concludes episode two thank you all for joining us And uh, we will see you all in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Avoid Uh, COVID. Yes. Don't breathe on anybody. (laughs) All those fun things. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good one.